0: Hi, guys, and welcome back. Harvey, it's draft time. Happy Wednesday, guys. This is going to be a fun episode. Also, the Lions announced some really cool helmets today, but I don't like what they paired them with. Harvey, welcome back.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back on, Kenny. Always a good time.
0: Yes, sir. So let's just lead off right away. So, Weaver had a press conference yesterday leading up to the draft. We all know, like, Weaver's very quiet, he doesn't really say a whole lot. And I don't think he really likes the press. Is like the first thing that obviously came to my mind with that press conference. He didn't really give away a lot, but the one thing he gave away that I found was really interesting. It sounds like it's going to be a Thompson twin. You know why I think it's a Thompson twin. Why is that? You see this quote he had, he said, I like the long ball. I'm not trying to slap it into short center. I'm going to take a big swing. I'm going for the big fly. Uh Said that. I 100 yeah. think that means he's drafting ceiling, and if I'm him, I mean the Thompson Twins have the highest ceiling out of anybody that's going to be on the board at five, so I'm not against it. We go, we go with the Thompson Twin. I'll sit there say, okay, pressure's on. If you go with a Thompson Twin, your clock's ticking. If you're Weaver, if this doesn't work, but if you draft a Thompson t- Twin, this kid, pan, these kids pan out. You're you're looking at this guy getting statues in Detroit with that pick pressure's on that's my opinion if you go with Thompson what do you think
1: uh yeah no. I know mean, I think it's interesting obviously of the two I think a man is probably the better one he's a little bit better of a three-point shooter but they're still like equally comparable you know there's not a huge really difference between any of them um I know it's probably not going to happen but in like a dream world scenario, obviously we have Wemby, Miller, and Henderson going one, two, three in whatever order in terms of Miller, Henderson, two, three. But I would love if the Rockets would take a chance on one of the Thompson twins and then Cam Whitmore fell one more. Um, I think that would be a huge possible get. Not a technically a really great three-point shooter. Probably got to fix his form a little bit. It's a little, there's a little bit of a hitch, especially just on like the catch and shoot. But in terms of the Thompson twins, I like it. Either one, obviously, the one I mentioned first, probably a better fit. But like you said, he's everyone kind of thought Jerris Walker at first, but he's kind of he's exactly the antithesis of what he just said. He's not going to throw it in and and play small ball big. And, and that's what Jerris Walker would kind of be.
0: see, I like Jerris. I think he's a steal in this draft. I feel like his game translates right away to the NBA. Good defender on the perimeter? Good offense. Guy will come in right away and be a like Keegan Murray rookie year, I think, type good. I mean, he's not going to be like this superstar. He's not going to win rookie of the year, but he'll be a top four, five rookie this year. I think uh-huh. that's a guy I'm strongly taking a hard look at if I'm the Pistons at five. But I'm also starting to get the feeling this guy might slip a little bit. Just because we're, we're seeing a lot of buzz about the Thompson Twins right now, whether that's a smokescreen or not, we'll see. We've seen this happen before. Guys take a weird route for college and teams either think really highly of the guy or they hate him. And I mean, these kids were playing like glorified AAU ball this year. So yeah. if I'm a, if I'm a scout, that's where I'm a little weary on, on the twins. Cause they took a really weird route in a league that clearly didn't work out because they uh-huh. never got the talent in that elite league. So Jairus Walker, I just feel like it's your safe pick like or Whitmore maybe gets the five. That's your safe pick. Thompson's your, your boomer bust. But the reality that I really want us to do is I'm not really in love with anybody. So I'm looking at moving number five to move down to eight with the wizards. Why wouldn't the wizards be aggressive right now? They're trying to jumpstart a rebuild. They probably want a better piece than what's going to sit there at eight. Maybe they are going to jumpstart a rebuild with a Thompson twin. Let's just say they're interested in a Thompson twin. Mm -hmm. They move up five. They get one of the two. And then you move down to eight. You get Demi Avziba. And then you get the eighth pick and you go Grady Dick. I think that's a fair package for both sides. The Wizards are really stupid. We've seen it. The (laughs) Beal trade was one of the worst trades I've ever seen pulled out. So there's any team you can really take some advantage of. Just like how teams used to take advantage of the Pistons, you can take advantage of the Wizards here moving back to eight.
1: Yeah. In all honesty, Grady Dick, one of those guys, probably just because of his like his build is a little bit lower on draft boards than maybe it should be. You know, he shot like 41%, I think, or 40% from three this year. Um, gonna be a guy that can probably kind of come in and play right away because he's always gonna be able to shoot the shit out of the ball. But yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I think that's that's definitely a fair package. I like that. Obviously, it'd be interesting to see if Washington would be willing to do that. And honestly, in, in all honesty, I just don't think Troy Weaver would is going to do that. I, you know, I think they, just from what he said, obviously, he's got one or two people in his mind at this fifth pick that he really wants to go with. And again, it's probably looking like a Thompson twin as of right now. Grady Dick wouldn't be a bad shout. Obviously, the main position the Pistons need is kind of that three and D kind of kind of prototype kind of a, a long athletic wing so any three of those guys would really work
0: see i'm moving into the direction of i'm going to change this up a little bit let's say your your top four go as planned, and it's Whitmore as it goes for the to houston yeah you're weaver not saying what you think is going to be the pick if you were the gm right now your top four goes as planned. Where are you going with at five? Because I I my picks Jairus Walker.
1: Okay, I'm going Amen Thompson. I like Isaiah Stewart. I like Jalen Duran, even James Wiseman. I think I still don't think obviously he doesn't pan out to what he everyone thought he was going to be, but I still don't think he's gotten like a real shake in what he can prove at this level. I don't not like that's not to say I don't like Jairus Walker. I think whatever team gets him most likely like do the seven through twelve spots wherever it is. I think they're going to enjoy that pick, but I just don't, I just very much think Detroit needs an athletic two or three type guard. Maybe someone, maybe, maybe that can play a little bit of small ball for, but not really more of just like the athletic two, three that can shoot.
0: Fair. I'm not going to argue that. I, I just don't think there's any clear cut pick right now at five. Like this is, yeah, no. any this is, this is just anybody's game. Weaver also says something interesting about the 31st pick. Did you see this one? Uh, I did not. He likes the crop guys more from 31 to 39 than 21 to 30 is what he was uh-huh. saying. So there's somebody there at 31 he really likes. And yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, this draft, I mean, there's some second-round picks that will probably be really good NBA players. Yeah, Timmy will probably be a good NBA player right away. And the only thing that's holding Timmy back is he's 23 years old. So nobody's yeah. going to go with him in the first round. Look, I can easily see this Timmy coming and being a 10- 10 and six player right away. I think he's uh-huh. ready. I think that you just can't go with him in the first round. So that's a guy in the second round. If I'm Pistons, I'm taking a hard look at, right? You have nothing to lose with him. Yeah. Bonnie, let's just say he gets out of the first round, which I don't think is a real possibility. I, I, I said this last episode, I think some team is going to be like, we have nothing to lose with this kid and we're just going to roll the dice. And, and you know, just as well as me, Harvey, all it takes is one. Yeah all takes is one of these 30 teams that like him enough to either trade back into the first round and grab him or grab him late. If you're a contender, like the warriors, like the Celtics, like the Bucks. you know, a team like that, where you're already really, really close. And if this guy actually pans out, because I feel like his situation is very similar to Gilbert arenas coming out of the draft. Like I'm not saying by any means of mine, he's a top five talented player in this draft. But if you're looking at just ceiling, I think he has a top five ceiling and the lowest floor by a mile. So if you're a team like the Warriors, you're kind of like, well, this guy doesn't pan out. Who cares? We still have pulled Draymond Curry and clay. Doesn't really Uh matter. If you're a team like the Celtics, you still have Tatum, probably Brown next year, Marcus Smart. Like you still have a solid roster. Nobody's rolling the dice on him in the lottery. Nobody in the top 20, I don't think is going to roll the dice on him, but all it takes is one. But if he falls to 31, I feel like you have to take it. You have to, if you're the Pistons. So we'll see. There's probably a few guys in that range that really like there are probably junior and senior players in college uh-huh. that would be first round picks if they were two years younger. I think one of the
1: guys, he hasn't mentioned anything, but I can just see Weaver liking this guy. because um late in the first early in the second you know kind of in that range is what i mean is just because he's a great shooter is and there's no one really is talking about him because whatever sick so kid from santa clara his name's is brandon hmm he's about a six five shooter lengthy pretty like six eight or nine wingspan but he's only like six four six five shot like 45 percent from three last year averaged 20 a game he's the guy that could come in and just Kind of like better than a Duncan Robinson almost because he's a little bit more athletic and he can probably defend a little bit better. But again, guys like that, you, when it gets later in the first round, early in the second, we we'll kind of see. It's kind of interesting.
0: Like the package for Beal would be this crazy return, but for what they got, it's like it's head scratching. Is it uh-huh. like is that really the market for Bradley Beal? Because yeah. I. I just don't feel like that's the market for him. I feel like if they played the long ball game into draft night, they probably could have got a pick for him. And honestly, yeah. yeah. so I that doesn't make a whole, that trade didn't make any sense to me. Like you got Chris Paul, but you're going to waive him. So what's the point of even grabbing Chris Paul if you're the Wizards? And then on top of that, I mean, they're going to be the worst team in the league this year. It's not even going to be remotely close. Like they might not even win 15 games. They're going to be that bad, I think.
1: Yeah, that's – they're going to be horrible. I think the whole Beal thing, I think it was just they were so, – like, that bridge was so done and burned. Like, not in a bad way, but it was just, like, so much, like, we just – whoever's a suitor, like, we need to just get rid of them. Um, I mean, I know they have – I'm not sure how much they've talked about it, but there's no way CP3 even suits up in uniform for them one time this year, right? They're, they've they got to probably buy them out. I mean – if you're Chris Paul, you'd probably just retire instead of playing with the Wizards. You're right, nearing the end of your career. They're going to be the worst team in the NBA. Even you're not going to help them in any way. Kind of that's It, it unless there were some some way they could trade up to number one, which we all know is impossible, and get Wembenyama, and maybe even then at that point they're still one of the worst teams in the league. Oh, so, man. I I think that what that says to me is Phoenix was just like. I I, Honestly, I don't know. Maybe Bradley Beal said that's okay with me playing there. I think Washington just wanted to get get rid of him and just be done with it and kind of just move on. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, They definitely got the super bad end of the stick on that trade, but it's not like we don't see that all the time. We've seen this with – especially in the NBA all the time. Kind of teams just get done with a guy and players done with the team and that just whatever – Somewhat suitable offer right away.
0: Gone. Just be just done terrible. with it and move on. Terrible if you're restarting completely from scratch. Like yeah. I like what Portland's doing. They're playing the long ball game with with game until draft night, and then they're going to really figure out what they want to do. Whether they yeah. want to pair him with Zion or whether they want to just hit the reset button. We'll see what happens there. I have a question yeah. for you. So I buy. So I've been investing in cards for like the next ten years. So I have a question for you here. There's a Victor Wemiyama rookie card it's from the game that he threw out the first pitch it's a event worn jersey relic so they gave, they got the jersey and they make cards with it um, 200 dollars are you buying that and holding it or do you don't think is going to be the wby that everybody thinks it's going to be
1: i'm buying it and holding it if you're into cards for sure i'm in the cards um,
0: like that's my new thing i
1: don't do stocks i do cards obviously for one binyama the bad thing with one Yama, and we could go we could talk about him all day the bad thing is how much hype and love he's getting it's extreme we have like if we're going to be completely honest like and i'm going to say this because i'm a huge lebron fan but i don't really think you can like argue this in terms of how much hype a player has had and lived up to it i think lebron is by far the only player that's ever gotten as much no one's gotten as much hype as him but even look at some other guys that have gotten a ton of hype maybe they've had good careers but they have not lived up he's exceeded the massive, I mean, they were saying this guy could have been drafted after a sophomore year of high school playing a national schedule. Again, everyone knows the LeBron story. We don't have to talk about it a, bu- a bunch, but the amount of hype he had, everyone was like, you know, the chosen one all over Sports Illustrated. Everyone was like, okay, this guy might have a good career, but there's no way he's going to end up being as good as everyone thought he was. And he ended up being better, which is was just astounding. That's the one downside I would say for Wambinyama is even if he ends up having an okay, good career, it's going to be hard for him to surpass these, the hype around him right now. But I just don't really know what you can't like about the guy. The only thing is maybe like the whole kind of the problem you see with Chet or even with Zion, their bodies are different, uh, different like kind of problems, but the same problem in terms of their body can do things wrong. Like, you know, we saw Chet get hurt without even playing a game, but one Mignon is just, I would buy the card just because, I think he's going to be phenomenal I'm a huge LeBron fan like I just said I think there's a case that if these two were in the same draft you go on the first just because dude he's he's seven foot yeah I'm serious when I say that in terms of their hype coming out of their level wow. he's already he's already played at the pro level I know it's France but still he's played against he's been playing against grown men for the last three years and again the skill and the athleticism will be different but the size and the physicality, Not as big of a difference as everyone thinks. It's better in the NBA, obviously, skill-wise. But playing against grown men is one thing, no matter where you are. You're playing against guys that are older than you, tougher than you, and stronger than you. He's been doing that already. Yeah, I think he's going to be phenomenal. And also, he's going to the Spurs. Huge international fan base. He's going to have a ton of people behind him. Obviously, French like Tony Parker. Gets Greg Popovich in, I guess, is his last year. Is that confirmed already? Um,
0: Probably will be. Yeah, I mean, um, my guess is he develops him. He makes him rookie of the year. He leaves.
1: Yeah, and then, and then I
0: bet yeah. Becky Hammond will probably come back. There would be my guess. Yeah, and maybe
1: I have. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a funny question because, obviously, we're Michigan State guys and we like to talk about Michigan State, and Michigan on this podcast. Kobe Bufkin. So this is my question, and it's about Bufkin. I I do like Bufkin. I think he can be a good three point shooter, but. Tell me if you thought that going into this season, there's a chance. So exclude people that didn't go to college, right? So there's people older than him, but there's a chance Kobe Bufkin is the the first non-freshman or international slash G League player to be taken off the board. So exclude like, you know, Wembenyama, obviously, Scoot was a G League guy. The Thompson twins were G League guys. And then I think there's another guy from France, you know, that Koulibaly kid or whatever. Mm -hmm. But after that, it's all freshmen and international guys. Buffkin could be the first sophomore, junior, or senior from college to be taken. And if I would have guessed that on odds to start this college basketball season, like seven or eight months ago, it probably would have been five thousand to one.
0: Oh, agreed. Well, I, you want to hear my take about him? He goes. He goes and plays at Tom Izzo. He's a top five pick.
1: He, five, yeah, five or ten. He could be. Oh gosh, he's got such an. He has potential.
0: He I yeah, see this sure. like I see this three and D kind of like Jordan Pooley NBA out huh? of him. Like yeah. he will be a very good, very good guard in this league. Nothing like into this 25, 27, you know, superstar numbers. But if I'm looking at Kobe Buffkin, I'm just thinking this kid will be his game translates right away. Like that's not yeah. something you gotta like develop for two years. The way he plays is in NBA style anyways. So he'll come in right away. He'll probably start wherever he goes. And honestly, you want to know what good fit I think would be for him? OKC. At 12.
1: Yeah, OKC that could... at
0: 12. Chet, him, Pokey, Shea, and Giddy is your young core. Oh, Lord, man. I mean, yeah. they might not lose a game in 10 years with that core. But... That that's like the missing piece they need that three and d player i feel like an okc that can play the two three and honestly uh-huh. the backcourt of shea giddy and Buffkin is probably just as good if not better than kate and ivy and whatever they do at the three to be real with you
1: i mean i know this is a pistons more Pistons centric obviously because detroit guys but to go back to the pistons i'm worried <laughs> I'm, I don't like what's going on there at all, to be honest with you. I mean, it's nice. You got Cade. Ivy's turned out, to, I guess, to be a good player. But, the t- like, you're just still years away. Like, this is – and this is considering – and I'm not saying years away from, like, being a contender. That's, like – that's not even in the foreseeable future. I'm talking about just, like, threatening to be a playoff team, even in that 10th spot. You're years away, literally. You're going to need Cade to take another huge jump from – it's one thing to have a really good rookie year and be a really good point guard in this league. And it's another thing to be able to lead a team to a playoff spot. Um, Same with Jaden Ivy. He's going to have to take a huge jump. I like Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran, but I would like them a lot more if they were sixth, seventh, eighth men on a good playoff team or an okay playoff team, not playing 38 to 40 minutes a night, having to score and rebound and guard some of these guys like Embiid and Jokic and even take turns guarding guys like Giannis in the league now, Anthony Davis. I don't know. I think um I think the Pistons easily next year will be one of the three or the four worst teams. And we're gonna be probably a year from now, almost to the date, gonna be in this exact same conversation talking about who the Pistons are gonna take at one, two, three, four, or five.
0: So I'm not gonna disagree with that, but I'm not gonna necessarily completely agree with it either. So here here's my take. I think there'll be a bottom seven team in the league this year, bottom eight. Like they're not gonna be top five pick again they're going to be as bad as they were the year that Christian Wood and all those guys like Blake Griffin, when they were starting to dump off everything, they're going to be just yeah. as good there. Cause people really do forget. And Pistons fans will scream at this take, but they were one in 11 with Kate and Ivy. They were terrible. People yeah. forget how terrible it was. Now, granted, uh-huh. Ivy started coming into his own. Kate got, obviously got hurt. Dern started coming into his own down the stretch. But they were point blank, end of the story, horrendous when they were playing. What makes people think a one in eleven team when they were together is going to turn into thirty five to forty wins to be a play in? That's impossible. That's impossible. They yeah. won seventeen games last year. Monty Williams will give them four more wins. That puts them at twenty one. A Cade return gives them about five more wins. That puts them at about 26 in a new draft pick, gives them about two more wins. They'll hover around 28 to 31 wins this year, is my prediction, which is not enough to get you into a play-in, but it's not bad enough to make you in the conversation for the number one pick. They'll be stuck nice. kind of in between the two, I think, this year. And then the, it, it, But if they go out there and spend money, which I am firmly against this offseason, I think you bring in one free agent, you don't bring in two. Cause here, here's my here's my take. Yeah, it would be great. You know, go Miles Bridges, Draymond Green, or go Kuzma and Zion. It'd be phenomenal. Now they go out and get Zion. We're talking six seed next year if they go out and make a splash. But I'm kind of in the position of like you're not ready to make this really really big splash. You make that big splash when you're ready to win chips. And right now, I feel like you got to put pieces around this right now, but you don't need to necessarily put the next superstar max player, right? Like a guy like Kuzma, like maybe like go out and sign Kuzma this offseason, right? You go grab Kuzma. He's a $20 million player. That's the first guy you pay. You save up money to repay Cade in a few years. And then I feel like next offseason, you go get your second free agent. Because this free yeah. agent class is kind of a stupid one to spend money in. Why am I going to waste a hundred million dollars on Cam Johnson? Cam Johnson is as average as a fucking comp. Like Cam Johnson is not taking you from seventeen wins to thirty-five wins next year. It's not uh-huh. happening. You yeah. know, Cam, Cam Johnson, you are going to also have to overpay for as much as Monty maybe likes him. Think about how much you are going to have to overpay from him because the Nets will be reluctant to lose him. He's a restricted yeah. free agent meaning when they're restricted free agents, you get overpaid. And a realistic offer I would throw at him, that I would consider signing him, would be four-year 75 mil. That's as much as I'm paying Cam Johnson. If he wants anything more than 75, too bad. And honestly, if you're the Nets, that's an offer they'd match in a heartbeat. Zion would be sick. I think that opportunity comes once every 10 years, that you give up role players for a superstar that's hurt. My opinion on Zion is if you can make the offer and you can pull the trigger, you absolutely do because that's the equivalence to the number five pick this year, right? It's better. He's 21 years old. So he's not like a 30 year old that you're bringing in. He's part of your young rebuilding court. If you grab Zion, he's part of the So that's a guy like I'm taking a hard look at because of the age, because of what you have to offer. And I just feel like this opportunity doesn't come often. So, if I'm the Pistons, that is the only massive name I'm really considering. And Draymond. Outside of that, you know, you might want to bring in a guy that can elevate you to 30 wins this year because I don't think that's really unrealistic getting healthy, a better coach, everything. But I'm very reluctant to spend a complete shopping spree on mids because if you want to spend money, that's next year. That's not this year. You're spending on a guy like Jeremy Grant this year. Look, I, yeah. I have nothing against those guys. But those aren't guys that are pieces that put you to a one seed in the East in four years. Those are guys that keep you in the 5-6 range because you're holding on to their contracts because you're not going to be able to hold on to Kate, Ivy, and Durant. All three of them, one of them is going to have to go if you spend all your money this offseason. Yep. So the reality here is, You also got to prepare to pay Cade. You also got to prepare to pay Ivy. You also got to be prepared to pay Durant. So shopping spree, don't do it. Stay out of it. Unless it's Zion, I'm not touching anybody on a max.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, and you talk about guys like Cam Johnson. It's like, like, you know, like, yeah, he'd be nice to come in and he'd probably start, but what is he going to give you maybe three or four more wins it's just this is kind of just obvious but they're really going to need Cade especially probably in the next few years like he's going to have to turn into like an all-star type booker good every year like yeah he's going to have to turn to that guy or and again you can say that about every team they need their young talent but we saw Shea Gilgis-Alexander do it so like that Thunder team this year with giddy out by the end of the year and not having chat all year had zero business being in the nba playoffs, like zero mm-hmm. that team was horrible like in all honesty they were not good um you know Jalen williams or whatever ended up being like second on most rookie of the year votings like you need something like that and you kind of had that from Jalen duran last year showed a lot more than what people thought it was going to be but you're really going to need cade to turn into like a superstar type, not even an all star. Like, he's going to need to be a top, Booker.
0: like Booker. Se- yeah, he's
1: going to, he's going to need to be a top seven or eight point guard in this league for your rebuild to ever go to somewhere. Or, and I'm just saying him because he's already kind of showed that he has the ability to do that. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's just, it's kind of sad though, as a Pistons fan, because like, not to be a Pistons fan, but just the situation you're in where like it's looking like no matter what, like it's, especially with getting the fifth pick. Like, we could go back and talk about that, but, like, they just got screwed. Like, I know you talked about how much, like, not liking Brandon Miller as much, uh, like, instead of Scoot Henderson or anything like that. But, like, those top three are so obviously better than the rest of the pack in terms of immediately what they can do. It's, like, I don't see – like, I really like Cam Whitmore. I like the Thompson Twins. I like Jaris Walker. But Wembenyama, almost, you can keep him out of the conversation because we know – my favorite player on the draft is Scoot Henderson. I think he's going to come in and easily be a top 12, 13-point guard in the league. Maybe not in the first week, but by the end of the season, he's going to show it. And then Brandon Miller, six nine, six ten, like who's a KD comparison? And again, that's a big comparison to make, but big guy can dribble. He can shoot it from anywhere. His bag is limitless on offense. It's You're always going to have trouble guarding him because you can't really ever affect his shot. And then from there, you kind of go more into guys that, could come in and be good players but also could come in and be ninth, 10th 11th man rotation players for their whole career
0: last episode i actually talked about that extensively because of like zion and portland right like yeah. the drop off from three to four say what you want about brand mill i don't like him because every time he played a good team he was terrible every time yeah. he played a team like georgia or vanderbilt you know or a&m he was fantastic so like that's why I'm not big on Brandon Miller. When the lights are bright, that guy is terrible. And that's the reason I, I'm so off the Brandon Miller trade. I've said it multiple times on here. But the ceiling for him is just sky high, right? It's KD level. I said that last episode. The floor is super low because we saw what he did in March Madness. We saw what he did in the SEC tournament. We've seen what he has done in big games throughout that season. He was terrible. Point blank end of the story. He was the numbers are are crazy different when you go between him versus top 50 teams. And when you look at him against teams 51 or worse in the nation, he's terrible when it, when it's big games. My thing with him is though, he might end up being phenomenal. This guy might end up being KD. This guy might, because teams are buying the hype. Like now there's rocket story odds for him to go. Number two, which I don't really understand, but the drop-off from three to four is massive, like you said. And Brandon Miller will come in right away and start. Point blank in the story, that guy's going to start, and he's probably going to, if he pans out, which I don't think is going to happen, but if he does, he's a 25-point-per-game scorer in this league. Because he, he can score from anywhere, like you said. Scoot, we know what Scoot's going to be. That guy might end up being the next Derek Rose-type good. And Wemby's Wemby. But the the point I'm going to here is, is like, the drop-off is terrible. Pistons yeah. are hosed more than ever before in a draft where there's really three players and everything else is kind of just like in a normal draft. Cam Whitmore is like the ninth pick. There's nothing special about Cam Whitmore where he has the potential to go four. I'm not dissing on the kid. I think he'll be a good NBA player. But in no world, if the draft is half decent, and has a little bit of depth into it, like next year. Next year, Cam Whitmore is like 12 or 13. Yeah. Not not the year before with the, not last year's draft. That was a terrible draft. But the year before that, tw- 20, uh, what year? Twenty Kate's draft. I
1: mean,
0: yeah. that guy's like the 13th, 14th pick. Yeah. Like these guys aren't coming in and making this crazy instant impact. And that's where the Pistons got screwed. You play the game, and this this is my whole thing about this. They did this to themselves. Nobody told them to lose every game this year. Nobody told them to sit all their starters and bench all their players all season. Nobody told them to start guys on 10-game contracts. They tanked. They took the risk of if we tank, we might get screwed. We have a 47% chance of getting screwed. And guess what? They played the game. They had a 50 50 chance of, draw, of drawing in the top three or top four. And they got hosed. And they deserve that. They deserve that. They did this to themselves. Losing games shouldn't reward you with good players. I know this, that, that's my opinion. You shouldn't be rewarded with the best player of all time for sucking ass for 82 games. Yeah. They did this to themselves. They played the game and they lost
1: yeah it's um it sucks and I remember texting you I remember texting you on draft night being like there's no way they get number one we knew it wasn't gonna happen like just not to say it's like rigged or anything but we just you just had a feeling just the way things work that they're to get this number one pick twice in three years like I don't even know if that's ever happened it's just like doesn't happen that's it yeah Cleveland um and then it's, it, from then, it was just kind of like, okay, like, yeah, okay, well, they should probably get two or three, so it's not, we don't miss out on this huge, you know, A tier to B tier, how big of a margin that is, but then it happened, and here we are, and like, yeah, maybe one of these guys pans out to be pretty good, like one of the Thompson brothers they get, or even Jerris Walker, but I think, and, and, in, in, in in all likelihood and you just got to play odds and statistics even if those guys were to have let's say great rookie years it's not even comparable to what could be if Scoot or Brandon Miller or Wemby have great rookie years in terms of if though one of those three guys could have the opportunity to come in and help Detroit right away um, I'm guessing maybe not Scoot so much because we already have the two guards but in terms of the other guys um, and win games still not be able to put them over the hunt to be a playoff team but like you, you never know maybe Cade go maybe Cade's a 25 eight guy 25 eight and five guy this year and has a huge jump and we didn't think the Thunder would be in the playoffs last year and granted they made the tenth spot in the new NBA rules but that's the playoffs now technically you know so um I don't know it just kind of sucks but you kind of gotta just deal with the hand you've been dealt play with the hand you've been dealt I should say rather and We'll see what Troy Weaver does never been a big fan of him um I think Monty Williams the signing is like not it's not even a blessing in disguise it's like an angel falling from the sky and your arms were just like you like Troy Weaver just had his arms out and just was waiting for something to happen and then Monty Williams comes falling from the heavens because I mean not to like go off topic on a tangent too much but like Matt Ishbia, what are you doing Like, you're going to bring in Frank Vogel over Monty Williams to deal with Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and Kevin Durant, three guys who are more about needing to manage than telling them what to do when you go out on the court. You know, everyone always talks about, in the NBA, the best head coach are good leaders of men. They know how to keep egos cool, bring everyone together, and get them to play for something, not so much X's and O's. Frank Vogel is an X and O guy. Why do you think he didn't work with LeBron? Like it was very simple and you get rid of Monty Williams who you could arguably make a case for. He's the best player to head coach, like relationship wise possibility in the league. Cause he gets them so much. He understands them. He's young. Um, so that I think that's a huge bright spot for the Pistons. But then again, you never know, maybe he's like after two or three years of sucking still maybe he's just like, yeah, I kind of want out of this too. We'll see. But Monty Williams is huge. For
0: see, I think, they're going to spend because they just spent on a head coach. That head coaching move, say what you want about it, when you throw that much money at a head coach, that's not like a win ten, win three years from now move. That's the type of move if you throw that much money at a head coach as an owner, you're you're knocking on Weaver's office and saying we're in win now mode. And they're going to screw up this entire rebuild by going into win now mode this year. Yeah. They're going to rush it. They're going to rush it. And they they need to wait two one or two years to really make a splash. Zion's the only guy I'm taking a look at because of age, but I mean to conclude this episode, we'll see what happens tomorrow. If I final final thing, who do you think they're drafting tomorrow? Not who do you want? I think they're going with a Sir Thompson.
1: So you think it's a Sir? Yep. Just for the shake, just for the sake of finding argument. I will take the other side of the Thompson Twins and go Amend. So yeah. that's how we're going to roll. And I think the likelihood really quick. Last thing I'll say is apparently the Rockets really like him in. Um, there's a bunch of articles coming out today. One from the athletic, one from sports illustrated all over. He had a great workout um, and they really liked him, but I heard Cam Whitmore had a phenomenal workout as well. So again, I'm not upset with, either one of the Thompsons or Whitmore at five, but it goes without saying, again, they got screwed, and now you got to live with the tanking that you decided to bring upon yourselves, and we'll see what happens tomorrow.
0: Perfect. Thanks for hopping on, Harvey. Good luck, Pistons, tomorrow. Let's hope for a good night, guys. See you guys back on Friday with a recap.